Okay. All right, let's do Parshas Kisavo. Parshas Kisavo uh, is most noted for the Tocha in the middle, which is the long, long list uh, of curses and whatnot uh, in Shishi, I believe. Um, it does start off with a couple other a couple other topics. So you have the Mitzvah of Bikurim uh, at the beginning, which is a beautiful idea. We'll talk about it a little bit. Um, it's something called Vidui Meiser, which is after the whole Shemitah cycle of all the Meisros, Truma, you know, Meiser, Meiser Rishon, Meiser Sheni. Uh, after that whole thing finishes up, there's a, there's a Parsha that you say in the Beis Uh We talk about how the Torah, keeping the Torah is a Zchus, right, that Kosh Baruch gave us the Torah um, as, you know, because we're a beloved people to him. Uh, there's something called the Brachos and the Klolos, which is uh, Moshe commanded Ben Israel to do after they cross into Eretz Israel and Har Grizim and Har Eval. Uh, they're basically a very bit of a strange parsha where they would put six tribes on one mountain, six tribes on another mountain, uh, and do Brachos and Klolos. Uh, very interesting. Where you have the long Tochecha, and then you have one final pep talk uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu. So we'll talk about a little bit of it. A bit of it. Um, we'll talk about Bikurim, we'll talk about the Tochecha a little bit. Um, and hopefully get ready for right slichos. Although you guys have been saying slichos for a month already, but uh, <laughs> we're uh, us us uh, us white people are going to start saying slichos um, on Matzah Shabbos. Tov. Okay, so Bikurim. Uh, the first part of the Torah talks about the first part of the parsha talks about Bikurim. Um, so there are a couple aspects just to to talk about Bikurim. Right, the, there's something called the hafrasha, which is basically you separate the first fruits when they start to bloom. Um, that's really, you know, you go out to the field, you tie a ribbon around it, uh, you see some apples growing or whatever. Apples is a bad example. Let's say shiva minim or whatever. Uh, pomegranates. Right? So then, so you tie, you tie a string around the, those trees, those branches, when the fruit actually blooms, so then you bring it to the base of Mikdash, you bring the first fruit to the base of Mikdash, and then you have this whole string of psukim that you say found in this week's parsha. also uh, you speak out parts of the portions of the Torah that talk about the Bikurim uh, a whole history of the Am Yisrael right starting with Yaakov and Lavan uh, all the way through Yitzhak Mitzrayim and thanking Akash Baruch Hu for all that type of stuff so basically the idea of Bikurim is is twofold as we'll, as we'll say in a second but the Rabbah quotes that as two separate mitzvos um, and you know bo- both the Afrasha the separating and the Hava the bringing uh, of the uh, of the Bikurim to the Beis Hamikdash, um, and both of them are classic, are classic, uh, you know, um, concepts in Hakar Zatov. Uh, just like um, let's say by Birkas Amazon, for example, right? The, the entire concept of Birkas Amazon, right? Thanking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right? As Olam, he, he gives us all this type of food. No delicha, we give you thanks. So Mikur Bikurim, Bikurim is also the whole idea is is. Uh, is rooted in Akar Zatov, so just very quickly. Um, uh, I heard many times from my Rebbe, Rav Yonasin Sachs, that Bikurim is a very underrated mitzvah. Right? Even though we don't do it nowadays, uh, but Mitzvah Shem will happen uh, soon. For example, the Rashi, the beginning of the Torah, the beginning of the Torah, not the Parsha, but the beginning of the Torah, right, it says, the Pesach says, Bereshis Bar HaLukim, right? Kosh Baruch created right in the beginning. So the Rashi quotes the Tanchum over there that says, Bereshis is a, What's the word? Contraption? That's not the word. Whatever it is when you can, can combine two words. What, what word am I looking for? I don't know. Whatever. 
Contraction? Contraction. Anyway, it says the Rashi that Bereshis actually means Bishvil Rashis, that the world was created for Rashis. The question is, what's Rashis? So Rashi quotes the Tanakhuma, the Medrash, and it says a couple of things in the Torah are called Rashis. Bnei Yisrael are called Rashis. Uh, the Torah is called Rashis. But Rashi cuts off over there, and the next example that the Tanchuma gives, that the Medrash gives, is Bikurim. That Bikurim is called Reishis Amasachat Aviv Beis Hashem Alkecha. That Bikurim is called Reishis. And that, uh, I'm not sure if the Pasuk I just quoted is correct, actually. Uh, whatever, I don't have a chumash in front of me. But basically, Bikurim is called Reishis also. The question is, it's very strange, because I understand that if the world is created for the Torah, that I get. If the world is created for Bnei Yisrael, that I get. But if the world is created for Bikurim, listen, Bikurim is very nice, but it's a very random mitzvah. Right? Why would the world be created for Bikurim? So, my Rebbe, you like to quote, quote the Ramban at the end of Parshas Bo, that the, uh, the whole purpose of the world is liyeda uliyoda, is to know that HaKosh Baruch Hu exists, and liyoda to give thanks to Him uh, for everything that we've done. And that's literally the concept uh, of Bikurim. Right? That's uh, when we recognize that HaKosh Baruch Hu is the one who's making the fruits grow, that yes, we put in the effort, the, you know, you water the fields, you plant the trees, whatever it is, but HaKosh Baruch Hu is the one who brings out the fruit and a good crop, so when we mark that off in the fields, and then we come to the base of Mekdash, and we have this whole history of the Jews, thank you so much for all you've done for us, that's literally liyedo liyoda. That's to know and to give thanks. Right? That's literally the essence of the mitzvah. So that makes a lot of sense, why the world was created for racists, because that's the whole point uh, of the world's existence, that we should recognize the Kaj Baruch Hu, uh, and his hand in everything, not just, uh, you know, not just making nature grow, but everything that we, we have in our lives. And that's why the Ramam Katz said two mitzvahs. So it's two crucial ideas, two crucial concepts that uh, that we're supposed to do, right, to fulfill our mission in this earth, right? Again, either one of them, right, if you do them by themselves, there something is lacking. If you recognize that Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge, but you don't really thank him, and you don't appreciate the things he's done for us, right, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, uh, so then what, what, what are you really recognizing? And if you thank Kodesh Baruch Hu for all he's done for you, but you don't think that he's actually in control of everything, so you're also you're totally missing the point. So both are intrinsic and both are crucial. Right? And that's the whole concept of the Bikurim that uh, you know that uh, when farmers go out and they you know they put in all the effort, right? But really, we're trying to strike down the idea of Kochi Yotzim Yodi that I am in charge. Really, Kosh Baruch Hu is in charge. We do the Ishtadlus 100%, but Kosh Baruch Hu is in charge of uh, of what's going on really, uh, and that's uh, you know the concept that we're trying to uh, trying to bring out of here. Okay, uh, within the same vein, right? Part of the entire Bikurim experience, like, like as I mentioned, really recaps what happened to Am Yisrael in, uh, in Mitzrayim. Um, and one of the things we say over there, it's a whole thing, we actually quote it in the Seder, right, in the Haggadah. Um, but one of the things that we say is that when Bnei Yisrael had a rough time, so, right, that they cried out to Akash Baruch Hu, Hashem Hashem heard our voice, Right? And he saw what was going on over here, and he took us out of Egypt. So the Chavetz Chaim uh, is quoted by uh, a lot of the Bali Musr, and, uh, and it says that he points out very fascinating. He said, the Puzzle doesn't say that Hashem heard our tefillahs. Right? The Puzzle says, Vanitaka Hashem Eloshem, right? we cried out to our Gosh Baruch Hu, Vayeshma Hashem es Koleinu. And he says that he heard, the Puzzle says he heard our voice. Right? It seems, says the Chavetz Chaim, that during an Eist Tzara, when they're in deep trouble, Right? There's an idea to cry out. 
Right, Vanitzak, right, needs to cry out. It right, says Chavetz Chaim, that's what Kiviyachal caused the Kosh Baruch to hear. Right, and he says that, yes, Enochanami, you're correct, that our Tfilos are never unanswered, they're always valuable, but that's not necessarily immediate. And it says Chavetz Chaim that Saka crying out, right, in terms of like a, a desperate crying out inside of you, right, that is immediate, that gets answered immediately. Right, if Melech Biderman quotes the Zohar, right, Puzzik says in Eicha that Saka libam el a person cries out to a kosh baruch hu, libam, right? It's in their hearts, right? That's tzaka with a tzaddik. Zaka with the zayin is similar. It's crying out loud. That's literally out loud, right? That's like, you know, you go to slichos and people are screaming. That's that's zaka, and both of them are valuable. Right? Pazik says that by Shmuel, right, after Shmuel learned that a kosh baruch hu was going to strip Shoal of... Of, uh, of the kingship, it says, He cried out to Gosh Baruch Hu all night. Right? That, because that type of tefillah is dear to Gosh Baruch Hu from a place of desperation. Right? It's a, it's a literal cry out for help. Right? That's what, and, and, that, and that gets answered right away, says the Chavetz Chaim. Plus it says by Mordechai. Right? When Mordechai found out about the decree of Haman, he cried out, a bitter, harsh cry. And sure enough, you know, a little bit after that, you know, the next day or the next hour, right? That's ready. You know, you had the whole plan in motion, right? Starting with uh, Esther going to the king, etc., etc. So this is crucial to kind of understand and realize that there are different levels of tefillah, right? right? Especially when we're right before the Rosh Hashanah and Slichos, right? On Motzei Shabbos for for some of us, right? And it's very hard to do. It's very hard to come to a place uh, of crying out desperately of, if you're not desperate, right? Most of us, Baruch Hashem are not in a desperate physical situation. So for us to come and, and really reach deep into ourselves and cry out, whether it's inside or outside, um, and you know, we can talk about whether it's appropriate to literally scream and cry out during sleep. I'm not so sure it is, but it could be that it is. But certainly inside, right? Tzaka, right? That's already on the, on the inside. That person should, you know, kind of try cry out. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Baruch Hashem, life is great. Right? In the bigger picture, right? Again, life is great. We all may have a little, you know, small little nitpicks that we're having a tough time. But historically, as I mentioned, you know, many times, life is amazing. Right? We are insanely wealthy compared to where people were 100 years ago. So it's tough, right? Life is Baruch Hashem. Right? Life is doing okay. So we have a hard time actually doing this. Says Rav Nassim Tzvifinko, how do you get to a point of tzaka? Right? If you're you know, things are generally good. So he says, beautiful, he says, fascinating, he says um, that really, if we really, 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 really thought about it, that each one of us is actually in a desperate situation, right? But only very few of us actually realize it. Right? If we could actually truly appreciate and understand and evaluate our own Avodah Hashem, right, where we're holding, right, in the whole, uh, you know, Avodah Hashem thing, so we would realize that mm, things are pretty desperate. Right? Things are pretty desperate. So if we could try and think about that, right, then we would realize we're in a bad spot. And that's what we have to cry about. right? If you can't cry about what you're actually struggling with, and some people can, some people can't. Right? Sometimes it's hard to be like, well, you know, uh, things are not as good as I really thought they were. So that's hard. But something else that you can do is you can ask Hashem to help you realize Right. People can cry out, ask Hashem, please help me feel more, help me understand, help me get more in tune with my Avodah Hashem, help me daven better, help me understand the Torah that I'm learning better, right. help me inspire other people. Right? If you can't feel it yourself, 
right? So it is, you know, you could you could probably get yourself to a point where you're quote unquote crying out, right, for help to be able to feel it. Right, I had a Rav uh, I used to uh, admire. I still admire him very much. I used to say that I that uh, the key to you know growth in uh, Shana Aleph, Shana Bet, really the rest of life, is first first step. You have to want to want it. It's not enough to want it. It's you have to want to want it. So you get down with the Gosh Baruch to help you to want to want it. Um, but that's that's the Eitzah. That's the, you know without a Kosh Baruch we can't even succeed. We can't even do anything, right? Again, because you know Gemara Gemara Kedushin Daf Lama that says that we we couldn't overcome the Eitzah if our Kosh Baruch didn't help us. So we need to cry out, right? And and we are unable to help. We, we're we're paralyzed. The Eitzah is so powerful, and we don't really have the kingdom to overcome it ourselves, right? Unless we get that help from a Kosh Baruch So that's what a person needs to cry out about. Certainly with Slichos coming up. Right, and certainly throughout the Yom Nehra and Davening. Uh, and as Yorah Chaim says, Yorah Chaim says in our Pasuk, right, that Akosh Baruch Hu, what did he see? Right, Vayaris Onyenu Ves Amalinu Ves Lagatzeinu. What did Hashem see that caused him to take the Jews out of Egypt? So Onyenu, right, is, Yorah Chaim says, is the strength, is the Koch of the Yitzhar to weaken us and, and make us not sensitive to the battles. Right, Amalenu is the effort that we put in to fight the Yitzhahara, and the, the Lachatzenu is the Lachatz, right? In Israel, in Israel, Lachatz is stress and duress. Right, the Lachatzenu is the stress that the Yitzhahara puts a person under in order to get them to sin. So, Kosh Baruch Hu, right, we cried out to Hashem, and says, Orachayim, Kosh Baruch Hu realized, not realized, right, Kosh Baruch Hu, Kiviyachu paid attention to and understood the fact that, hey, listen, it's really hard. Life's really tough. When fighting the Yitzhahara, in that, in that sense, life is really tough. Yitzhar is super powerful, he weakens us, makes us not sensitive to the battles that we have every single day and, frankly, every single hour, and it takes tremendous effort to fight him off. So Kosh Baruch Hu, right, was sensitive to that, and that's what Bnei Israel had to do at that point. That's how they were able to be Zohar to leave Egypt. Um, I, I, my my Rebbeim and Mwayu and in Eretz Yisrael, Mwayu and Mwayu, when I went to Kohl and Mwayu, and in Gross, and, and here in Givat Mordechai, so... They had a machlokas about the about how to interpret uh, machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban. Uh, as as I think we mentioned, and definitely in the seminar, I definitely mentioned it once or twice. Um, there's a machlokas Rambam Ramban. How many times a day you have to daven? Right. The Rambam says you have to daven once, and the Ramban says you have to daven in an ace tzara at a time of need, the time when you're desperate. So uh, which is which of those two is more often? Right? Once a day or in a, a time of need? Right, right, which is the Chumrah, right, as it's just to use rabbi speak, which is the Chumrah and which is the Kula, right, which makes you have to daven more, which makes you have to daven less. So when I was in Wa'yu, Rav Shechter said that the Rambam is the Chumrah, that to daven every single day is a Chumrah. The Ramban says, only when you're in trouble. How often are we in trouble? Not that often. So, okay, so the Rambam, the Rambam would in, insist that davening once every single day would make you, uh, uh, you know, have to daven more often. Uh, but here in Eretz Yisrael, Samaribayim and Quarter of Briskarov and Rabbi Yashiv and, and Rav Miller. So he said, no, what do you mean? Every single day, many times a day, there's an Eitz right? All the time. If you need parking, that's an Eitz If you're uh, struggling with your Eitz that's an Eitz That's a time of need. Well, you have to daven all the time. They tell about the Briskarov that someone would come to him with a Shiloh and uh, you know, he would say a little bit of tefillah for him because they, he would be able to be sensitive uh, Shaila, advice, whatever life, whatever was going on in that person's life, he's able to be sensitive to the person's plight, and uh, he was a little tefillah, lishuas chakivisi Hashem, whatever, a short little, not like Shmonesrei, but he would say a little little tefillah because he was sensitive. I was an eitz tzara, he thought it was a mitzvah to daven. 
So that's our job, to kind of tap into uh, the struggle that we're having uh, and analyze and see how much we need to cry out to Kosh Baruch during uh, during Slichos and Yom Narayim. And if we don't feel like, you know, we're at that point, so we should try and cry out uh, to get to that point. Right? That's also very, very valuable. Okay, let's uh, switch up, switch gears here and, and focus a little bit on the Tokacha uh, because you know it is the majority of the of the of the parsha. We'll see how uh, how uh, how we how it goes. We'll see we'll see where it takes us. Um, one of the maybe the most famous line in the Tokacha, uh, it's okay if you haven't heard of it. Um, is Takas uh, Asher Lovaritas Hashem Alukakah Besimcha Vutul Levav Merov Kol. And the Torah says, right, Pozik uh, Mem Zayin in Perik of Ches. The Torah says, why do you get the Tochacha? If you read the Tochacha, do yourself a favor, read the Tochacha, because I'm not sure if it really is appreciated how terrible it really is. Like, we hear about all of these things that Moshe said, and we read about all of the, these types of things that happened during the Churban, and definitely during the Holocaust. Um, and it, it doesn't register until you read, like, you know, mothers eating their babies, like, and a Kodesh Baruch raining down ash instead of water from the sky. Like, it's, it's, it's intense. It's, it's intense. Uh, so one of the psukim in the Tochacha says the reason you're going to get the Tochacha is, Tachas asher lo avarata as Hashem alokacha besimcha uvetuv levav meirov kol. It's because you didn't serve a Kodesh Baruch besimcha, when you're happy, uvetuv levav and gladness of heart, meirov kol, when everything was great, when you had a, when you had a lot, you know, when you were good. So, the simple shot, seemingly, if you just read that puzzle and translated it, seems to be that you get all this bad stuff because you didn't, you weren't over the Shem Simcha. Right? If you do a Shem Simcha, and if you don't, Tochacha. Now, that's a really bitter pill to swallow. That's, I mean, listen, I know, I understand that Shem wants us to be happy and all, but like, if I'm bummed out for a week, that's going to lead to the Tochacha. And if I do a mitzvah on circus and I'm kind of like, I shake the lulav and I'm kind of like not super happy about it. I'm just kind of like, whatever, thinking about, you know, the lessons of the, the esrog is the heart and the shidra and the, and the, the lulav is the spine and etc. If I just, and I'm not like super happy though, that's going to get me the tohacha. That's intense. So the first way of understanding uh, there t- I think there are two ma- main ways of understanding the puzzle. We're going to talk about both of them. The first way of understanding is the Kutzker Rebbe, the, Chas- uh, the Chasim Sofer, uh, and others. Uh, I think most usually co- quoted in the name of the Kutzker Rebbe. Anyway, so he says, move the, they say that move the comma. They say it's not that you get the Tochcha because, right, again, if you had the text in front of you, I would, I would draw it out. But the says, Because you didn't serve a Gosh Baruch with Simcha. Says the Kutzkarev and the Chazam Zover, etc., move the comma. It's, it, 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 what really it should say is, Because what are you getting the Tochacha for? Because when you didn't serve Hashem, it was Besimcha Vatuv Levav. It was Besimcha. It was happy. When you did Averos, you were happy. You were Besimcha. Meaning, there are two types of Averos. And most of the Averos that, the Averos that we do are ones we can't help ourselves. We have a taiva, we have, we have some sort of Yitzhahara, we're not sensitive to it, we don't realize, we didn't study it. We don't generally, generally, we don't generally do Averos besimcha. On the other hand, there are some Averos that we do do besimcha. Right? Like, you know, you get excited about it, you look forward to it even, 
Uh, if you straight up don't care, you look forward to it, that causes a tochacha. If you venture, again, we're all finding it to hard in a certain in a certain way, but once you venture from, all right, listen, the Yitzhar is too strong, or I'm not sensitive to this halacha, or I don't know enough about it that it means enough to me. Once you move from that into like, oh yeah, I can't wait to have that cheeseburger, right? I can't wait to, I can't wait to, you know, use my phone on Shabbos, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a perversion, right? That's a mockery of the whole system. That shows you don't really care about Yiddishkeit and Torah at all, right? You just do what makes you feel good. Right, if it's a mitzvah, so it makes you feel good. It pads your ego. Oh, I'm doing a good thing. So you just feel good about yourself. If it's an avera, it also makes you feel good, and you'll do it. So at that point, in, in a certain sense, there's no difference between mitzvahs and averos because all you're doing is following the Torah for selfish reasons when you feel like it. So that I can understand. That, I, that already, when the whole halacha system and the whole concept of living a, a life in a Torah way, when that's perverted to the point where you're looking forward to the averos, Okay, so now I can understand right, why you get the But that's not the simple pshat. The simple pshat is when you read the Pasuk, right, it sounds like that we get the tocha because we didn't serve a kosh baruchu, b'simcha. So how in the world does that work? So the key is the last two words of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Merov kol, from lots of good, or lots of everything. Rashi explains what does that mean. Be'od shayalacha kol tov. Right, when everything was good for you, right? when things were good, you didn't serve Hashem with Simcha. So Kosh Baruch Hu brings upon the, the, the Tochacha. So what is that, wh- how does that work? So, so again, as we've been studying, we've been, you know, if you definitely see the if, you, if you've been reading along with us, so well, what does Kosh Baruch Hu want from us in this world? Right? Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to choose good. Right? He wants us to choose good over evil. The mitzvos and averos are there to define good and evil for us. It's first parak Mesiyos Yisharim that you know we should choose good over evil, and everything a Kosh Baruch Hu does right, is to push us in that direction. Right, everything he gives us, right, is you know is a nudge in the positive to hopefully help us overcome and go in the right direction. Right, if it's pro- we're living prosperous times, so it's a, a nisayon is a test to give and how you spend your money and how you spend your time. Do you do mitzvos? Do you do chesed? Do you give tzedakah, etc. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a book that my wife likes very, very much by Rebbe Esther Youngrice, who just passed away recently. The book is called Life is a Test. Everything is a test. I mean, everything that Coach Baruch Hu does is to help us like, grow higher and higher. So, if a Coach Baruch Hu blesses us with prosperity, right, and we don't use it properly, Coach Baruch Hu gives us of kol, we have everything, right? As Rashi says, when everything was good. And then we didn't then then you didn't serve a kosh baruch hu so then a kosh baruch not as a punishment per se but he just forced to change things up right if that's not working to get us down the right path if the prosperity and the all the wealth and this and all the stuff the blessings that a kosh baruch is giving us is not nudging us in the right way so then hashem has to try another method not because he's Angry per se, I, the Torah definitely uses the language of angry, but Akash Baruch was trying to get us to the ultimate goal. If we're getting it when we're, life is good, then great. But if not, he needs another, another method. And that method is when life is not as good. Right? When you're a little bit more desperate, as we discussed, right? You cry out to Akash Baruch Hu. Maybe then you'll turn to Akash Baruch Hu. Right? Again, it's never zero to 60. Akash Baruch Hu never just pushes the pedal all the way, but 
sometimes he needs to kind of like make a person, God forbid, more desperate so that he'll turn to Agosh Baruch Hu and, and, and cry out to him and realize Hashem's place in this world. So it comes out according to this that the Tocha is not so much a punishment, it definitely is a punishment, but it's not so much a punishment as it is simple cause and effect. Right? Again, obviously, I don't want to, I don't want to you know, minimize it. It's definitely there are definitely aspects of punishment, but the entire point is to get us turned around. Right? It's a simply a result of the other methods not working. Right? It's a, sometimes you need to shock the system. Sometimes you need to reboot the computer. Right? Sometimes people are so stuck in their ways that the only way to wake them up is lo alenu is God forbid chas is to is to uproot everything that they know and hold dear. The easiest example we can give is what we just had with COVID. Right? Aside from, obviously, the threat of illness, no overall hysteria, but it was a complete upheaval of life. And I don't know about you, but the most disheartening and like unnerving thing for me was the sense that Akash Baruch Hu clearly was not help, happy with what was going on in the world. Akash Baruch Hu clearly wasn't happy with us, wanted us to change the way we went about our lives. Literally, everything was uprooted. That's what Chazal said was the truth about the well, not the truth. What happened about the korban? Rav Soloveitchik points out in uh, the Lord is righteous in all His ways. The first word of the kinos that we say on Tisha B'av is shavas, like Shabbos. Right? It has the connotation of suddenness. It, it just stopped. Right? Shabbos suru many. Right? That Hashem, just like Hashem rested on the Shabbos day, right? And and in an instant, the Kodesh Baruch Hu changed the day from Friday to Shabbos, from Kodesh to Chol. So too, in an instant, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Right? In the sense that even though the Jews were told that it was going to happen, right? No one really thought it was going to happen. So when it happened, it was sudden. It was all of a sudden like Yushalayim went quiet, and like normally a person is is expecting a disaster, right? You have a, like a, a weather disaster or something. There's a hurricane, people are ready, right? but the Churban, no one was ready. Right? It happened so quick. Right? Even Yirmiyahu, right? Even Yirmiyahu prophesied a million times that Yerushalayim was going to be destroyed. Didn't expect it to be so quick. Kosh Barco told him to go buy something for his uncle, and he came back. Basemikdash was gone. What? That was, you know, that was for this. That was what what it was. And as Pinkus explains, that the Churban was really just a Kosh Barco was forced to shock the system because uh, Pinkus writes that the Jews would sin, they would bring a korban, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, everything's fine now." So Kosh Baruch had to eliminate right, what kept them in the vicious cycle of Chait, Korban, Chait, Korban, Chait, Korban. Like Kosh Baruch had to just shock them out of their system because that's the way they were living their lives and nothing was going to stop. Right? Even a ton of warnings from all these prophets. So, so that's what, what the Tocha almost is. Um, and I don't know, uh, we, we can get a little, a little bit, I guess it's a little controversial but certainly you have to say the same thing about the holocaust now again i don't want to i a disclaimer i am not one of those people who go around and say you know this is what caused it and this is uh this person they these people do, i'm not blaming the victim god forbid all the people who died for kedoshim and tahorim um the question is, as uh, Victor Miller would point out, is when were they Kedoshim and Tahorim? What, I don't know, that's already, I don't want to, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to belabor that point. What, what I'm trying to say is the outlook of a religious Jew is to look at the world through the lens of Torah and figure out what's happening and why things are happening. Right? Again, these are not, I'm not espousing my own opinions, right? I'm simply, right, I can send you guys the link if you want in the chat, right, to, to an article that's literally a transcription of Victor Miller's uh, you know, uh, opinion about the Holocaust. He was in Slobodka, 
right, right before. He was born in America. He was in Slobodka in the 1930s, and then he went back to America. He didn't flee, he just went home. Um, but he basically explains that, uh, you know, there was a, the Jews in Europe, without getting, you know, I guess controversial, he, he explains that the Jews in Europe needed a shock to the system, that the, the Haskalah had basically, you know, ripped through Europe, uh, and had destroyed Jewish life. Now we think of, you know, I feel like unfortunately, uh, again, I don't, is it true or not? I, whose account is true or whatever? We kind of think of like Europe as like everybody living in the shtetl, everybody wearing strimals, uh, and you know, this Rosh Hashiva, that Rosh Hashiva, Rav Chonav Wasserman, Chavetz Chaim, and all of a sudden Hitler came and destroyed everything. Unfortunately, it's not as cut and dry, and, and unfortunately a lot of religious Jewry had been destroyed already Right, by the Haskala and by all, all the secular, you know, pressure, etc., etc. So, but Ravikdor Miller, just, again, I'm just literally quoting, I'm staring at it on the screen, so I'm just quoting it to you. Um, he basically explains how, you know, in a town like Slobodka, there, on Shabbos, there were boatloads of Jews going, you know, smoking, going on vacation, you know, going to the islands or whatever it was down the river, uh, Jews going to work. He said in, in Pinsk, which had 40,000 Jews, they didn't even have... 10 kids to go to yeshiva. Uh, he said there were less than 10 boys who went to yeshiva from Pinsk. I, I, again, I'm not going to belabor the point. But it, he, he would argue that the Jews in Europe and Jewry in general and the world Jewry needed a shock to the system. Uh, you know, the Meshachachma who lived in Dvinsk, and, which is nowadays in Latvia, he writes that the Jews in Germany started calling Berlin Yerushalayim. Uh, so again, it, it, without getting any further into it, and we can definitely schmooze another time, but that was also, right, when you think about the Holocaust, you think about a complete uproot, uprooting and a complete reset almost, right? I mean, without, it's not almost, it's literally a reset button on Amisro, where Rahman Salaam Lo'alainu should never happen ever again, right? And, and this viewpoint is, again, I don't think it makes it less serious, but it, this is, I think, is the proper viewpoint that, that a coach Baruch who wants to give us good, he wants to help us grow, but if we don't, so Kosh Baruch has got to try different methods, right? And this is a crucial lesson to understand nowadays because for us, life is good, right? We are in the middle of that test of prosperity, right? For many, many hundreds and thousands of years, we were tested in, in a different way, right? And now Kosh Baruch has blessed us with amazing wealth and amazing technology and amazing resources. And the question is how we spend it. Right? Do we scroll through pictures of this prostitute on, on Instagram and this Zona on TikTok? Uh, or are we downloading sheer apps and listening to Jewish podcasts and inspiring messages, etc.? Right? The, the internet and technology and the wealth that we all have, it, they're not negative or positive. They're just tools, right? nothing more. Right? It's just up to us and how we use them. And this is like this is literally what the Torah says at the beginning of the Parsha. Right? The Parsha says, one of the things we say in the Bikurim, right? V'samachta b'cholatov. Right? Be happy with all the good. Well, how, how, are you, how do you be happy with all the good? Right, you and the Levi, the Levi didn't have a portion of land in Eretz Yisrael. He needed to get gifts to survive. He didn't have a, a way necessarily to make his parnasa. Uh, the Ger, a convert for sure, people who are less fortunate, less privileged than we are. Right, how do you spend your money? Right? Are, you, are we grateful? Are we giving or not so much? So that's a crucial, crucial message to take to heart. Right? Again, the Torah is almost too scary right, to, to, to impact us on a, you know, 
on a on a deeper level. And also, in, in nowadays, fear tactics don't don't work in in chinuch. like they used to. Maybe they used to maybe in different uh, you know yeshivas back in the day, but nowadays it's not it's not as relatable. But what we can relate to is that a kosher baruch Hu wants to take, to give us good in every single way possible. And if Rahman that, that the, the, the the test of prosperity which we're doing right now, right, doesn't hit the mark. So the Koshbaru just needs to try different means, right, to get us in the right direction. So let's uh, right that's also I think also very heartening uh, also a little bit, it's a little bit inspiring because we know that Koshbaru wants to take care of us, bottom line, and no matter you know what he has to do. Uh, so let's take that to heart and be thankful to Gosh Baruch for the new sign of prosperity. That's that's also Bikurim, right? Be, to be to recognize that Gosh Baruch has given us this tremendous gift uh, of this physical world that we're we're living in, um, and that we should thank him for it. And that's literally the mitzvah of Bikurim, and that's that's also kind of like the lesson that you see from this pasuk uh, in the Tochacha. Uh, we should be zocha to be serve Gosh Baruch besimcha meirov kol. All right. Have a great, great Shabbos, everybody. And uh, we'll speak soon.